Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Tom and Joe know all there is to know From masterpieces to deep fried tacos And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say There's no telling where the guys will take you Get ready for a spoiler Won't say it twice cause we're already Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 698, Elvi. <laughs> are, there, are there two of them? What's that? Are there two of them? Some people think so. Oh. Well, he was a twin. That's true. That's so, true. Maybe he didn't die at birth. So, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> the conspiracies can go all the way back. Oh. To, well, you saw, they, Bubba, you saw Bubba Hotep, right? Yeah. 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 That's pretty great. Yeah. There's all sorts one. of conspiracies around Elvis. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, can we just do them all? Yeah. Rather than talk about this movie? I think the world has enough conspiracies. <laughs> That's uh, fair. I remember when conspiracies <laughs> were were fun. Yeah. And enjoyable. Oh, aliens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Elvis never died or Tupac. Right. He just he just went home. Paul McCartney was replaced right. by a duplicate. <laughs> yeah, like, right, right, like, right. Uh, it's <laughs> Avril Lavigne isn't the same Avril Lavigne. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like nobody who no, you know, nobody who believes that about Avril Lavigne ever, you know, tried to overthrow the government. Correct. So, yeah, right, right. So it's it's fun. <laughs> it's fun when it's like that. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, let's go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Quick shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcast, iHeart, TuneIn, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us while you're there. Be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Uh, maybe leave us a review. That's always helpful. You can also uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash realspoilers. Uh, while you're there, like the page, join the group, and uh, maybe become a real-life member of the League of Show Sharers if uh, you want to help the show out? Doesn't cost you a dime. Just click share, and people in your feed can see that we're out there. People who were kind enough to share an episode this week: Heather Sachs, Librarian Cynthia, Tammy Sherman Powers, David Rojas, Chris Valls, Gabriel Lugo, Chris Magic Man, Chris Sanders, Braid, nineteen ninety one, Joshua Drake, Dissect That Film, Manic Pixie Weirdo Podcast, Chris Williams, Brad Hyen. I have to come up with a new reason why he can't 
be listed. <laughs> okay. Because he like because there was no way to exclude him. So I see. I, I see. I have to come up with a new Brad Hyen rule. We so can he figure can, it out. So he can be excluded. We'll just block him. That's so, <laughs> we want his share. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. 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 We just don't want to give him credit. That's fair. That's, that's what fair. we're trying to do. Yeah. That's so, a good call. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out how to. Okay. So he we won't read it if he isn't on the episode. Oh. And we'll only read it if he is on the episode. <laughs> Ooh. The biz- we're in Bizarro World you now, baby. The script. <laughs> oh. He's gonna be showing up every single day. Yeah, he's like, like, "Hey, I, I, I'm here that for name. Yeah, I'm here for the Zoom. He'll be camped out on my doorstep. <laughs> uh, Ronnie Castle in session film. Ella's not well. Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Colby Mack. Binge movie. Spoiler piece. Theater. Feel and film. Invasion of the remake. Chris Wilson and Four's a crowd. Yes. Oh wow, yeah. that is pretty good. So yeah. He th- he threaded the needle. He did. He threaded he the needle. That was pretty good. Ron that I heard. Yeah. So, so uh, anyway, uh, you can also, if you want to help out even more than, than that uh, with actual cold hard cash, you can do that at patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content, and we like you extra. So uh, there's all that. Let's uh, let's dig in. Here, okay. So what's your history with Baz None. Lerman? Oh, with uh, so I think I've told the story about how he hornswoggled he hornswoggled me into Romeo and Juliet, and I was not oh, happy I love, about that. I love iambic pentameter, and yeah, and, I was like Shakespeare you plays. Let me go see son this. of a bitch. Oh, they, now it's like to me, I would think you going to see Romeo and Juliet, and then they start having guns and stuff. You'd be like, hell yeah, yeah. Like, but then they start they, dressing up. Yeah, but then they start talking. But then they got to oh, talk. Yeah, but you were still going to Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, because girls mean, were going. And there was an Everclear song in the soundtrack. Yeah, Claire Danes was in it. Garbage had a song. Come on. I'm just trying to go through the steps of you knew you were going to Romeo and Juliet. He dressed it up in cool ways, but then you were like, ah, damn you. It's like, but you still knew you were going to see the material. I knew I was seeing, like, the story is whatever. (laughs) You know, it's fine. But you didn't know how they talked. No. Oh, I did not realize, like, I that. thought it was just an updated version of mm-hmm. it with Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Like West Side Story. Like West Side Story. You know, they're not talking all weird in <laughs> West Side Story. <laughs> and then they start talking, and I looked at, I remember looking at the, I was on, like, a triple date. I remember looking oh. at one of my buddies. Oh, and being a different play, couple. Well, player. Yeah. I misunderstood. Yeah. There, was, there was three couples. <laughs> okay. uh, For a second, we had a lot of, <laughs> yeah, we were like, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Look at Joe. <laughs> As a freshman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember looking at one of my buddies and being like, Mother, f- this is terrible. It's better be worth it. Yeah, no, and it wasn't. <laughs> oh. Got to tell you, I don't think I even got past halfway to first base. You're still in the oh. on deck circle. Yeah, yeah. I hit the a on gr- I hit, I hit, circle. On circle is more appropriate. <laughs> I hit a ground out to the pitcher. But you know what? Just be happy they didn't sing in it. That's <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could have been a musical. Could have been, been a musical. triple threat. Oh man, if they'd have sang in that, I'd have got. You know, a, I'd, you know mm. there'd have been lutes and harpsichords. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been awful. Uh, so th- I think that that is my history with him, right? Like I know uh, Gatsby. Like I know that was kind okay. of like the the big one, right? Like that's the one that kind of like that's a bunch of Academy of nominations, right? I, mean, I, I, think about, I feel like Moulin Rouge is oh, the big one. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. I would okay, say okay. his most notable, the one that's most beloved would be Moulin Rouge. But Gatsby was more mainstream, I think. Yeah. Gatsby, Gatsby felt more like you know a big WB Studios sure. picture. Was that his last one? Is that the last one he's done? Or is that there something is in between? his previous one, yeah. So I think we've talked about that. We, we actually, st- Dan was on the episode when we did Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. Uh, right. Not so, Dan, Bohemian Rhapsody. No, yes, totally. <laughs> um, the difference, every time a new musical biopic comes out, yeah. that movie looks worse and worse. I mean, <laughs> it, it looks bad it's when crazy. we talk, it's, but... It's, 
you're totally right though like i think about that all the time and how he won an academy yeah. award for that and you see the other guys doing their but stuff. then what's his name taron edgerton oh no my gosh, is that yeah. his name yeah yeah did like sung the songs fell into the role looked like the, didn't even like get nominated yeah. like it's crazy and then you see what this guy austin butler does for elvis and you're like how does Fr- Freddie Mercury looks like a joke performance? Yeah. It looks like a, a like skit, an SNL on, skit on Funnier Die or yeah. something. I mean, it it's just I, not but the, good. But part of the part of the problem though is Freddie Mercury is kind is kind of a cartoon character. But but it didn't feel authentic the way he played it. Like I saw Rami Malek doing a Freddie Mercury impression, sure, rather than someone that maybe fell into the wildlife of Freddie Mercury. It, well, I think just, that's what's missing, right? Like there is none of that is in the movie. You know what I mean? Like it's a st- it's, yeah, because they sanitized. Yeah, it's it. a sterilized yeah. version of his story. The, and I think Sasha Baron Cohen won. That's I think, what I wanted to see. Yeah. Like, that would have been. A, but I think and that was great casting too. Looking at where we are, I think the only one that to me I have had any enjoyment watching is is Rocket Man. Like I really? I didn't like I get it, and that's a musical. It is a musical. It's um, more musical than this is musical. That's, that's true. What I mean. Or, or, or like, even Bohemian like Rhapsody. Like there's dance numbers in it. Well, and the songs, are, it, it's not just, and then we wrote this song. Right. Boop, boop, boop. The it's, songs are like integrated into yeah. the story. Yeah. That was but a great also, way to tell the but story. But I also yeah. think they don't sanitize his story. In, no. in, in rock, they, he's an John asshole. Was involved, yeah, yeah. He, and he I mean, let them do it. They, so, but I think everything we've seen, I think since it's still then, sanitized, probably to an extent. But I but, think that, but he's he lets some of the negative yeah, stuff yeah. in because he knows when people know it, and so they're going to be like, "Come on, dude." I also <laughs> think. What's that? I mean, Freddie Mercury's the same way. We all know there's another issue there in that Elton John is about one guy. Mm-hmm. Sure, where Bohemian Rhapsody is theoretically about right. a band right. but also the people that control that ip they 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 knew and worked and loved freddie mercury it's a lot different to be like yeah i was kind of a you can go ahead and show that <laughs> sure, sure between this guy that's been dead for 30 years was kind of a you can go ahead and show that yeah. right yeah. like it's that's fair you know so i mean i get why look what they did with uh was it jobs with ashton kutcher well there was two there, there was, was the two there was Job the aaron sorkin and then, one and then the ashton that was kutcher the one. michael fassbender one so was steve jobs the sorkin one then whichever i thought that they did a really good sorkin j- did the fassbender one. Oh, he did the fassbender yes. one. i think that's right well, yeah. he did because the, they were walking and talking the whole time that's, <laughs> that's right but to yeah. to their credit and i really liked that one i liked the fassbender one i actually like both but i never saw the kutcher one but i was actually really good i did like the jobs kutcher did a really good performance a lot of people don't know that ashton kutcher is like next level smart yeah oh yeah he's crazy smart he like invested like super early into twitter but that could just be a fluke right like i mean i mean maybe i mean uh uh lance armstrong invested in uber like He's not a genius. Well, he's also well. He just true. invested in Uber. That's and Ashton true. Kutcher has lots of business investments. And he's like he's very crazy yeah. smart. I think isn't Mila Kunis also like next level genius? She might be. That no, you're thinking next level hot. Well, that's a given. That yeah, that is a given. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Have I, you seen? Oh, is she gonna appear? No, that's the that's well, the line from uh, "A Thousand Ways to Die in the West." Okay, I just thought you were saying when they're I, saying that something is hot, they were like Mila oh. Kunis. Mila Kunis. <laughs> oh man, I, Tom likes that movie. I, I, I like that movie. I, 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 the movie. I think that movie gets a bad rap. I, I, I need to watch funny. it again. I watched it one time and I was so disappointed. They gave away I, the best part of that in the trailer. They did. Yeah. Did you listen to the blank check about Oz? Yes. And did you go watch that interview? 
No. Oh my gosh, you have to. There's an interview for Oz Great and Powerful where the BBC sends an intern to go interview Mila Kunis. And I don't know if they did it as a joke or they just didn't have anybody else. And they said, well, we still need this interview. But this guy is so down to earth and he's not being gross about it or anything. But he's just kind of like hitting on her, like throwing game out there. Oh, you'd love my mates. We've got, you know, uh, you know, Jerry, the the, the, <laughs> the boom mic the, guy. The, or whatever. whatever. <laughs> he's just like he's got nicknames. And then we all go to the pub and you'll go to a, a match and we'll you'll wear the colors. I'll get your jersey like He's just like spin game, but Mila Kunis is so charming in this interview. And she and he's like, Oh, I should probably talk about the movie. And she's like, No, this is the best interview I've done. <laughs> she's like, Here, real quick, let me run through. Uh, this is my character. This is what I do. I'm gonna give you all the stock I'm answers ha- I'm that like, you I'm want. I'm happy. I'm happy to be doing the movie. It's yeah. a big, it's a, <laughs> and, it's an iconic part. And then okay, they, let's keep and going. And then they just about, talk yeah. about the pub and going out and who are your mates? And and, and and he's like, They've got all the nicknames for him and everything. It's such a funny interview, and she handles it like such a pro. She seems like a real down to earth. Yeah like just cool person so anyway that was hilarious but where were we before mila kunis <laughs> uh I, well i was just saying oh, like steve okay real quick so this oh, is yeah. steve jobs man that's, that's amazing how we bounced good. from one that's thing to another good. those movies showed how steve jobs was i yeah. mean he was responsible for amazing advancements in our technology because of his business pro- you know he didn't invent the stuff social network he, was the same way but he was the pitch man and all that but like those movies showed that steve jobs was a jerk yeah, yeah. and both movies did not hold back and so to their credit though you give a movie a lot more respect for telling the true story That's than to sanitize it or yeah. sterilize and I, it. And I feel like this... Like Buzz Lightyear. It's exactly just like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> I feel like this That's is what was wrong of... with the movie. They got my boy Tim <laughs> Allen out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's what I feel about every musical biopic about these larger-than-life mm-hmm. stars have become like we just want to tell the good stuff because they want to sell the soundtrack yeah it's all but about like Elvis, you don't need to sell an elvis yeah, soundtrack but these movies are advertised i don't know for... that it's about the soundtrack as much as just the overall I, yeah right because it's like I, do you really yeah. sell that many CDs no that anymore? was my shorthand but yeah. i mean it's gonna start playing on the radio you're gonna start right. selling well, look at the hits. look at uh, start... kate bush yeah like who's getting like millions in That's royalties what, yeah so for, these, i mean for that song from you know things. queen they the guys in queen made like a billion dollars or something I read off of just that movie and the the Good music around it or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, it did crazy business. So, But if it would have came out, oh, Freddie Mercury's a jerk, I'm not saying everyone would have stopped listening, but you'd have some people who go, oh, I don't know if I want to I don't know, listen. man. Like, I think some, can, some. I th- I'm yeah, just saying. I think you can you tell know. that story and have him, you know, the struggles and the fame and the mm-hmm. could be a redemption arc. Yeah, yeah. yeah you get sure. to the end and like he realize, you know, it's it's. But I feel like this is the same way. Like I, yeah, I'm not like I, I think uh, condoning this, what they did. Again, I think they should have went the other way because well, they make they make Tom Hanks the bad guy, and it's like Elvis wasn't the best. Well, and we'll get into that too. But uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. But because, like, uh, so, but. I think that there are people who in music whose story is super interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I just saw as I'm walking through Ronnie's, I can see the poster for want to dance with somebody. And I was like, that's kind of an interesting, like that could be kind of interesting. The Whitney Houston story, yeah. like, you know, especially mm-hmm. how things ended there. Um, and I think the, the one to me that I think if I were, if I'm a studio, I'm chomping at the bit is Prince. Like yeah. to me, the Prince story would be just bonkers, and yeah. I don't know how that he's another one who I mm-hmm. don't think folks would let them tell the real story. Yeah, because he, I mean, something tells me he's got some 
some crazy stories <laughs> and not just playing basketball. When right. Do do Michael Jackson. When does he get so like a I don't think you can he's got, a, he's got a Broadway play. Yeah. I don't that to me that's one I wouldn't touch. But I I just wonder when No pun intended. No no intended. <laughs> oh, okay. <Yeah. laughs> some some someone is going to make that eventually. Probably. I think someone has to because he's just too iconic. His, his But the I'm assuming the family owns the rights and I just don't think the family's going to let this watered down Do you, version. How many are, I guess he uses music. If how you want many his of music, those Jacksons yeah. are left. I mean so a lot. Janet There's, Latoya, Jermaine, Tito. Oh, and I mean, his ki- and, and, and his kids. Yeah. Right? Prince yeah. and Blanket. Who, That's what I thought um, it was, but I wasn't. Now, sure. doesn't Sony own the music though, or did they somehow get it back? Because if they don't own the the rights, it's bounced then, around. I forget who it ended up with. Then the family doesn't have say. Someone can write a biopic, and then if they still own his likeness, though, yeah. Well, which likeness? You, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I how mean, do you think Marilyn Monroe and uh, like uh, all? Yeah, all. But the, if you're making a biopic about someone, I mean, you've got to use their. No, well, I mean, you got to use their likeness, right? Like the they the what was the is it Selma? Is that the one that's like about Martin Luther King? Yeah, but they yes, where they they couldn't use any of his speeches, right? Or they couldn't talk about other stuff. Interesting. I just well, I think they chose to not talk yeah. about it. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. I thought they were like well, if you're it also make story, covered a very specific point in time. That's true. That's it fair. wasn't a biopic about Martin Luther King. It, it was, was about, about Selma. Selma, and but they weren't allowed to the the the. Martin Luther King estate was like, well, if you want to use his speeches, you got to pay us. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. You know, the monument they built in Washington, they have a clip of, they have a snippet of his speech. Yeah, they had to pay for that. Is that right? Yeah. I think that's pretty. That's super. Like, it's like they're building a monument to him. I think you could comp him that one. You get one. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, I mean, also, it's like he did all this great work and then how much crap do you have to go through? I mean, the government has money. Sure. To pay him. I mean, you know, I just like. Let us. I, I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying, but also yeah. it's like you know what? The government spends more money on renovating toilets and stuff than they do on some stuff they <laughs> should a, be doing. Buying like, a hammer, they for can 30 pay grand. him to to use a snippet of his speech, <laughs> like whatever. But yeah, I think uh, like if I'm gonna enjoy these, I don't want to see a sanitized version of their story. And I think if you're gonna make, you know, Boz Lerman has a very I don't think specific this is sanitized. Though I feel like it is though. Like I feel like I, I they definitely minimize things yeah it's like they they sh- you know you see him taking a pill like once I right mean, yeah and you see and, dr nick and then you see him up and yeah but whatever, it's portrayed but... as like well he didn't want that his dad he only he did it, it and... because yeah like and, mm. and or all the cheating right like they make it look like you know it just was right there at the end right yeah no no like, totally totally no, <laughs> it was the no. entire time it was the entire time right. like the well, story's always been he slept with all of his leading ladies but one and that was so they all had plausible deniability. About who was the one? It was right, even though we all know it was Mary Tyler Moore. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, because when whenever he came back from the army, he was he did a Viva Las Vegas with Anne Margaret. Yeah. And they had a year long affair, but Priscilla was not seventeen yet. So, like, he was. With That's other, the other thing they don't mention at yeah. all. Yeah. Is that she's was Fort, underage. Yeah, yeah. She was underage. But they, I don't they think gloss over I don't that think completely. they hooked up though. He waited for her to be of age. Okay, but that's still pretty creepy. I'm not yeah. condoning I'm just saying like this fourteen year old's <laughs> hot, so I'll go bone Ann Margaret until she's eighteen. I mean yeah. I think a, I think the story kinda a, goes that like they enjoyed hanging out when he was in the army and like there was nothing to do and like but I mean I'm just saying to his credit, he was not sleeping with her at fourteen. They were 
Dace's hand time. stuff. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I I can't say if it was, but I'm just saying to paint just for the record. Is she still alive? Yeah, she's yeah, alive, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. I just like, and I know very little about the story of Elvis, but Same. I just find it hard to believe that a 14 year old girl had the biggest teen idol in the world in her bedroom, and nothing happened. It might have been religious. I mean, as far I mean, I don't think yeah, at this point. I, you know what? We do religious shows at the arena. I can't tell <laughs> you how many hand jobs we've busted up. <laughs> I'm just saying, as far as like, if you this, want a hand job? Go to a Toby Mac show. <laughs> At this point, I don't know what there is to lose coming clean about this stuff. And like, I know well, she's I never think, said they. Didn't. I think in the same way that they don't want to, yeah. yeah, they don't want to besmirch as soon as Freddie you say, Mercury, you know, or or Michael Jackson. I think the other thing too is like it's a very different time. Like you're talking the mid fifties. Yeah, like that wasn't that uncommon for twenty year olds and fifteen year olds and you yeah. know, I mean doesn't you, make it right. Do the but it was go more... through your family album and do the math on your <laughs> great grandparents. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like it's you know, like it's it it's was red it, flags. It's just different. Yeah. But either way, different. they don't it's not part of the story. Right. It's, they and don't they also, make it a part she, of it. that actress doesn't play her as like a fourteen year old, right? No, because like they, they use an actress that could also be an adult, correct. right? So, yeah, right, right. You know, she's not it's the same actress. They don't choose a different actress. And I will say Austin Butler was when he was able to do anything, because I feel like he's he is in this movie and he has a lot of screen time, but I feel like it's just doing an Elvis impression. I don't. I okay, think he was right great. on. I think he was great. I think he was great. I don't think they gave him a lot to do. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm you at. Know what I mean, right? like it's he's always he always to me he like and I, I overall I like this movie a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. Oh, that was great. But um, but do I think that it like gave me the down and dirty story of Elvis Presley? No, no. It no. kind of felt like greatest hits. It kind of felt like uh, greatest hits, not necessarily musically even, but greatest hits yeah. from a his like. Oh, here's a scene Career where she's TV. Here's a scene yeah. where you know he does comeback special. But, right. But I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't looking for like uh, you know the the true story of his entire like. I enjoyed this thoroughly. I did. And, and, I did too. And, and it didn't feel lacking because they didn't include that stuff to me because I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't looking for that. I'm like, I don't know much about Elvis. I'm not. I know. Not, I, like, I know the I think the the common stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, the growing up in the in a, like a revivalist. I guess not revivalist. It's like a like Baptist community and like yeah. he merged Bible Belt. Yeah. He merged, you know, the the Captain Marvel Jr. Stuff. Mm-hmm. I knew all that. And uh, it's funny. Alex Ross, when he drew kingdom come mm-hmm. if you buy the trade he's got like sketches of all different characters and when yeah. he drew captain marvel jr he drew him like elvis nice that's yeah it's nice pretty touch. cool but like i knew all that and like how he combined these two things and people didn't you know getting uh hammered by the senate because mm. they he was the the senator was super racist and he was wiggling his hips uh so like Crazy i knew they could throw you in jail for dancing a certain way well i think wasn't then. it f- because he was he was pushing the line between segregation. Isn't that what it was? Yeah, that's how the movie tries to portray it. I don't, I mean, I think it was just like, isn't it, those were like decency laws or yeah, there was, yeah, yeah, there was stuff like that. And it's, you know, and they're certainly trying to reframe Elvis in this movie in terms of like the raps on Elvis has always been that like, oh, he stole black music. Right. And made it, and it was a white guy doing black music, so it would be okay. That's the problem with back to the future currently. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean that's the they're like oh the the white kid playing Johnny B Good yeah. is the kid and then Chuck Berry hears it and I was my argument with that is like yeah but he's singing it 
Like he's he's. I mean, it Chuck was Berry's just a song. cute it's throwaway like, joke. Exactly. Like they weren't really totally trying agree to be with you. like. And now people are like, oh yeah, like you I can, stole yeah, music. Get out of here with that. It's yeah. just a cute like, joke. It is not saying the white guy gave them their. Oh, music. Oh no, like, yeah. I, we know that. I know but like, that's, that's like. Yeah. Get well, out of here. Like, think that about. Well, right well the other thing too is is like, well, you know, that's not a true story, right? Yeah. No, Marty McFly. Marty McFly. Boiler. Right. It's like no. But back to Elvis, I do think like kind of what they were they're trying to do is put it in a historical context to, to show that one black music would never have been right on the radio if white people hadn't performed it right like there was an interview not too long ago with tom hanks where he talks about how if they made philadelphia today he would not play that role right they'd give they would never they would never cast a straight guy in sure. that role and he's like and that's appropriate but if it wasn't for a movie like philadelphia at that time frame that helped move the needle on what people thought about gay people sure and so so if it never got made, if he so, never did it, then, yeah, you can make the argument yeah. that like, okay, yes, he, you know, there's some cultural appropriation there, which was not only a word or phrase that didn't exist back then; it was a concept. What year was that? What's that? Philadelphia, ninety-five, ninety-three, okay, ninety-five. Right I don't, yeah, but like nobody thought about music that way back then. Sure, and well, so, I mean, they even they even kind of have that comment right where the the who the guy who I thought was Hank Williams. Uh, he's like Hank Snow. Oh, the Hank called, Snow guy. Yeah, they called the other guy like Johnny Williams, and I was like, "Wait, isn't that? Wait a minute." Yeah. Uh, when he puts the record down and they play it, and they're like, "Oh, he's gonna play at the American." I want to say American Bandstand. That's not what it is. It's like the Hay Ride or something. Yeah, Hay Ride. And they're like, "Oh no, they're never gonna let a, a black dude play that." He's like, Mm-mm, "That's a white dude," and they're yeah. just like, "What?" And that because like when you hear it back then, they back you know, then sound like a black dude, right? Uh. And th- and then of course he gets up there and he does his thing. I th- I think that scene is fantastic. Yeah, where it's like the women just don't know what to do. Right, and as soon as he moves his hips, they just. I love the the gal who was I guess in charge at Sun Records. The other gal mm-hmm. who just like is trying to hold it in the entire time <laughs> and then just like blurts out at the last possible second. I was like, that's a cool scene. Like, yeah, that's- it it really helped and like hyper hyper stylized showed the effect that he had and why he became such a, a superstar but the other thing is in these musical biopics they don't usually show the audience they don't usually show how people react to these huge bands that become superstars right. and so I thought that was a really interesting thing and he got 30 minutes of it at show. the end of Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but you know but, uh, but focusing on the characters in the audience as yeah. opposed to the audience being a character they never do close ups of one person at the right. bands in these biopics do you so, think that's because of how women reacted to him yeah. and how men reacted to their women reacting. It was to them. hilarious to see the guys that were like, this is a threat. And these women right, that right. were like, I love the, the I would hey. like to see at least one guy that was like, no, I'm let's do it. I'm into it. Yeah. Let's, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like that guy. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this story, a lot of it isn't necessarily true in its specifics. It's true. in in the, in the more grander, I think zoomed out. you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that, there was necessarily a moment in time where he went on stage and that specific yeah. thing happened. But right. like, I think that collectively it's kind of represents what the experience see, was like can you, as a nation. Can you take liberties with stories like that though? No, they like, just did. Right. Well, yeah. that's true. <laughs> but I mean like there's so much 
footage and pictures of him mm-hmm. doing his thing that I feel like you can't. I mean, maybe that the the I look at his own movie. You have to. Yeah, I look you, at more of his as a composite. Yeah, he's right. trying sure, to show sure. three events that you don't have time to film. It's not yeah. lying. It's just you're getting the point across that right. women loved him, and you're seeing the effect in one scene. It would just be too hard and boring to make a movie where they're like, oh, in this event, this happened, and this. You no, know. no, no. I just mean like when they're doing the the concert at the baseball field right mm-hmm. like you can't i don't think i mean to me at least you can't really like fudge those details i mean i think that scene at the baseball field is just completely made up out of whole cloth really yeah you don't think that happened no interesting mm. i not in that way not the isn't whole not the whole like, like standing on his toes like isn't that no i mean were there concerts like that yes were there concerts where he might have got carted off yes but were there concerts where it was like if you do this, then this thing will I'm happen, and I don't think because because everything I've read says Colonel Tom Parker was always like, "Look, you do you do Elvis, I'll do business, and and like whatever you do on stage is what you do." Yeah, on stage. apparently that whole bit where Elvis is supposed to be the new Elvis and all that that wasn't anything to do with Elvis or Colonel Tom Parker. That was who was the guy, the host of the show, Dick Cavett? No, oh no. Hank Snow. No, no, no. Who was the uh, guy? The show? Which show was he going the on? Tonight Show. Oh, Steve Allen. Steve, Steve Allen. Steve that Allen. was Steve Allen did not want indecency going on. Steve Allen wanted him to dress up in a suit and have a hound dog and sing to it on stage and be wholesome. So that was not yeah. – that was dramatized that I, Parker I, yeah. was trying to say, hey, we got to play ball to make the most money or whatever and not piss people and, off. And just for – context steve allen was the original host of the tonight show yeah. he created the tonight yeah, show so and i don't know if that was the tonight show because then he he only does it for a few years and he pivots to prime time mm-hmm. and has the steve allen show he pulled a leno huh well except he didn't come back and there fire it is the guy that he gave <laughs> yeah, it right. but uh but i the, think that was the steve allen show that yeah. they were showing happen but so yeah they take liberties like that with it but again you know i think they're not the liberties they take i don't think were like wildly inaccurate it, i think they painted the it's picture. to illustrate a larger yeah. point rather than to tell you a specific yeah. journey. History yeah. of this in 19-whatever. Yeah. Now, we talked about Austin Butler, who I, I thought was amazing. I The kid, he's been acting for a while. He was a Disney guy, apparently. I've never seen his other stuff. I have no idea what else um, he's been in. So he was in, uh, what I remember him from was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He plays yeah. Tex. Okay. He, the guy that uh, uh, Brad Pitt hits in the face yeah. with the, uh, the can of dog food. Yeah, okay. so he was good in that, but a bit... Yeah, you know, I've never yeah. seen him like starring in a show or a movie, but I mean, the kid was awesome. I thought he became Elvis. He's still talking like that in interviews because for two years of his life, like, you know, he still kind of yeah. has the Elvis accent, not on purpose, like your brain just, right, he, right. I won't say he method, but you know what I mean? If you want to make a believable performance, you kind of have to live that. And I think the result was excellent and he's still kind of working through that. But uh, who we haven't talked about is Tom Hanks. Now going into this movie, of course, I didn't watch the trailers, but I'm in the theater and I hear now nah, my boy, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, what is he doing? Like it, this sounds horrendous. And I watched the movie and it sounded horrendous, but I, I thought his performance was really good. I like, thought it I, worked. It didn't bother me at all. That's it didn't bother me either. When they when they kind of reveal that, like, he's a man without a country and yeah. they give him this accent that's nondescript. Right, like when he says, oh, I'm from North Carolina, it's like, well, you definitely don't talk like somebody from North Carolina. Okay, so this is going to be my question. So I was surprised and very thankful that it was a good performance, and I I thought it worked really well. It was not jarring, but it was a weird accent. It's a really weird choice. And so I have a clip here. I I did all the promotion, the outdoor advertising, and he did the show on the stage, 
and the fans made it possible. You could promote all you want to, but if the people don't want to buy a ticket, it doesn't help. So I did my part, Elvis did his show, and we were lucky. Great talent, and we had a great show and a lot of fun. He sounds like an old white guy. He sounds like a dude from New York. What the hell was Tom Hanks doing? Like, I get that he was originally foreign and came over and forged his identity, whatever. But, like, the dude talked like an old white guy. Yeah. He did not sound like a bad Creole accent. Like, I mean, what the hell was he doing? When they said that he was, like, from Holland, I was like, maybe it's like a... But maybe did I it even don't sound. Maybe Dutch I don't know or, what a Holland accent or a I Dutch accent no sounds like. The only thing I can figure is he was just trying to have a kind of a shorthand to kind of show just that he wasn't of, really American or just not even American. That he was just very otherworldly. Yeah, okay. he was just larger than life and this kind of weird. Like you don't really know where he's from, what hap, what why he's here, which is kind of his story, right? Like, yeah, that has no passport he has no yeah. birth certificate there's no record of a he colonel never Tom became Parker. a citizen he he wasn't a colonel he was a private he was in the army for two years uh served in the u.s army and then came back and then went to fight again and then that and he kind of had like a breakdown went awol got thrown in jail for a little bit and then dishonorably discharged but like so he was in the army but the colonel was um i think after he was with elvis i was reading that he went to the some state i don't know if it was in mississippi or where it was but someone gave him an honorary title for just oh the stuff that he had done in his career and so they bestowed that upon him so he was actually like a lot of people say oh he made that up like it's like the truth is somewhere in between right i mean if someone gives him an honorary title of colonel well then that doesn't mean he's lying he was bestowed it's, that yeah like when somebody gives you a Doc, an degree, honorary yeah. doctor. Yeah, right, right, right. Just like I'm a doctor now. Right? <laughs> he was in the army. He got the honorary title of of colonel. So like you know, so the truth I bet is, you, Sir Paul McCartney doesn't even own a suit of armor. But you're yeah. right. I bet you're right. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. what? He might. Yeah, I take that back. Yeah. So I yeah, I, there was definitely a choice by Tom Hanks. I don't think it's a good accent, but I think his performance is really good. So it's a weird thing where I I think it's an odd choice. It sounds weird. The guy didn't talk like that. So it's very. It's just a weird mixture of where sure. did you come up with this? But it does still kind of get across that. Who is this guy? Where is he from? He's just weird and different and and not normal. And so the other thing is you see in this movie, like Joe mentioned, that it seems like they paint him as the villain and he's just stealing from Elvis and stuff. But I have this clip from Tom Hanks here and he went to have dinner with her. And I was expecting to hear stories about um, the distrust she had for Colonel Tom Parker over these many years. And she said... No, he was a wonderful man, I, and I wish he was alive today. He took really great care of us. So, I mean... I don't think the movie... Pay, like, he's a piece of... Right? But, he's, but he's there a piece of... Right? Like, yeah, it's like, I, like, I mean, are, are, does he take advantage of Elvis at times? Absolutely. But, but would Elvis have been Elvis without him? Probably, probably not. not. So, I mean, you like, know? and I'm not trying to defend but, everything he did. But I think but the movie shows that. To, right, but a lot of people are taking away from it. Yeah. Look how, like... What Joe said, I think, is how most people are reacting, but I don't think the movie paints it. Yeah, like, I it, was he, surprised he came off looking as good. good as he did in the movie because I know that like the rap on him is that he's, he's a scumbag. He's a scumbag. Yeah. And yeah. so I thought the movie at least showed that like there was a period of time. That's, yeah. And then at some point that pivoted. And basically, you know, when rock shifts, when the Beatles cause the shift in mm-hmm. rock, that that's, you know, they start to lose their grip on the on pop culture, right? And that becomes problematic. Yeah, the, the, the Elvis first is a one. It, Elvis becomes a one man Nickelback. 
I mean, he well, that's yeah. I mean, when they talk about um, like setting up residency in Vegas, and he's it sounds like he's the he was the first one to do that for like that long a time. Is that Mickey Cohen? Is that who that's supposed to be? I have no idea. So the guy that Tom Parker is making the deal with, yeah, like the head of the hotel, the uh, international, yeah, like they call him Mickey, and I was like, I wonder if that's but, supposed so to be so he's not Mickey the Cohen. first. I mean, obviously Sinatra and all them were out there. I guess that's true. And so, but he was, I think. The first of the next generation. I gotcha. Right? I gotcha. And so, like, that was, the you know, a clear shift for Vegas to go from doing the, you know, the kind of classic Vegas lounge singer. Right. I mean, not to dump on Sinatra, because obviously he's great. But that, I got to tell you, he is kind a of, story. But he is kind of the greatest lounge singer. Yeah. No, you know? totally. I, I think, yeah, he, he knew how to. Give me that story. Yeah. By well, they've done by, it before. By Scorsese. Like, there's been TV movies and stuff. There's, there was a TV movie for Elvis. That's true. By John yeah. Carpenter, starring Kurt Russell. Yeah, there's but, been a couple. Yeah, TV movies. But. but we do see a lot of stuff where it's it is a sad part of Elvis's life where he had the chance to be bigger, even bigger than he was internationally, and because Colonel Tom Parker didn't have a passport and couldn't travel, like from my research that I did, that was true. He held Elvis back from yeah. going on all these tours. He could have made a million dollars in a day, and he had private jets. They had access to travel wherever they wanted, and he held him back because he was, I think he was scared that if Elvis got a taste of that, he may want to spend more time over there, and Colonel Tom Parker could not travel and and watch him and make sure that he was only doing what was best for their business interests he was where you would lose him right you know lose his grasp on him and so in that regard obviously that is really crappy but i think again the truth lies in the middle somewhere where it's like he did make elvis he invested all his time and money he paid for all the promotional stuff he like he did everything to get him to where he was and then also did merchandise he you know he's the one that the original i say this in jest but he's like the original hulk hogan or was like just put my name on everything. Yeah, yeah Any, I mean anything. The and everything. idea of bands having merchandise or artists like that having like that's a pretty new concept. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's you didn't. I don't. Really, I, that I, that part with the buttons was genius. I, yeah, like, I, I, he I really that, did that. He I, really did that. That's oh, let's yeah, make I, money off of people that hate Elvis. Yeah, genius. But like you know, there's no like. Glenn Miller tour t-shirts yeah, that's out true. there. That's fair. You know? That's fair. So and like he had a business mind. So just saying like, yes, did he do crappy stuff? Like we've all said and agree on yes, but also credit to being the one that invented this, yeah. you know, phenomenon. So, you know, they were business partners and Priscilla spoke at his funeral. Like there isn't a huge, like, yeah, we hate him and he ruined our family and took advantage. Like he did some crappy stuff, but yeah. also he, yeah, those, two- I think we also, people also need to remember that the concert industry wasn't mature enough to support an artist of Elvis magnitude. What do you mean? They like, there wasn't an infrastructure for, for, bands to go out and play to 20 and 30 and 40,000 people a night and um and that's why the Beatles stopped touring right like the Beatles, oh really yeah the Beatles stopped touring because they were like this is miserable and they couldn't hear themselves the only reason the Beatles because because the sound systems weren't that good mm-hmm. and then because of all the screaming on top of it. <laughs> but the only reason the Beatles even sounded good live was because of the Cavern Club right like they had played oh sure eight hours a, a night for like three years to where they were so tight they could play that stuff without being able to hear it 
Right. Like, that makes like, sense. I don't know that another band could have played Shea Stadium. They wouldn't, not in that setting, not with those speakers, right. not with that sort of fan reaction. They couldn't hear themselves. They just knew what they were they doing just, They had any feedback. the muscle memory yeah. of, right. you count on three and we go. Start and, playing. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's, that's you know, super impressive. And those sets were really short, too. They were like 45 minutes. Wow. Like, they're not. Could you imagine? Could you, I mean, even today, like, what's the average set for a main main rock show? I mean, for like a head like, like a, a headliner. a headliner with just with just one support act, they're yeah. probably going to play at least ninety minutes. But right. Most of most of the bigger acts, like I saw, like McCartney at Glastonbury was two forty five. I went to see Elton John not too long ago, and he was like two forty five, three hours. Wow. I think Billy Joel's normally doing two and a half. Okay, so forty five minutes, and we're out of here. Yeah, yeah, and. So, I mean, but there there wasn't an infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And that's also like why, the, you know, now it's like, you know, the top 100 cities in this market in, or top 100 size markets are going to have probably at least a full size arena. Oh, sure. That they that they could have someone play. Yeah. Where back then, like when they wanted to go play Shea Stadium, they just had to invent how to do it yeah. that's like there, crazy there wasn't a guy you could call like they, they just know had to invent so it. like if the, did they know like if we play shea stadium we're gonna sell this thing out like do they know going in that they're gonna sell it out or are they just like we're gonna play it and whatever happens, happens so i mean they sold it to promoters and then the promoters were taking the risk and so the beatles got x amount and i mean i don't know the actual deal structure but the way it normally works is you get a guarantee a certain amount versus uh percentage of the gate sure. after expenses and a certain amount for a promoter profit and okay. so um and so but yeah so like back then like yeah it was it, you know like, just taking a chance you were taking a chance you you know they probably and, felt pretty comfortable though i would think oh, so yeah, sure you for know, sure but I mean, at the I mean, same like, time like baseball stadiums way different than selling out yeah the, and also the like the there, there wasn't anything you were still rolling the dice there wasn't anything like it to look back at no, you know like sure you know, if you wanted to do that with the Stones, then you could say, well, when the Beatles went out, yeah. here's what happened. But when the Beatles went out, there was nothing to look at. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you know, and that's where, like, I think, was it, I think Bob Eubanks started as a Beatles promoter. Oh, really? Yeah, like, he, he bought a couple shows in, in, in the California area, and that kind of, but yeah. He, two and two? I'll see you in two and two? No, that's Chuck Woolery. That's Chuck Woolery. Uh, Bob Eubanks was the dating game. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, right Come right, on, right. watch sorry. your match yeah, game. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Game but, Show Network doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <yeah>. so, <laughs> I love match that game channel. Was Gene Rayburn. <laughs> All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dating <laughs> game. Sorry. Dating game was Chuck Woolery. Get it together. Yeah, it, I, I mean, so like... So this movie is told from the perspective of Tom Parker, which yeah. is kind of interesting that they do that, and it's and it's not a story making Tom Parker, again, look like the good guy or something. It's not this alternate telling of the story. It's pretty much the story that you kind of know, but it's from his perspective, and I like that. You know, it's him basically on his deathbed. It's, yeah. It's told from... He died in 97. This was some t- Like, maybe this is in 95 or something. It's before he dies. He's he's had a heart attack or something, and he's rushed to the hospital. But it's told in Boz Lorman fashion. You sure. know, it's, it's yeah. just in and out of these sweeping views of around the international in Vegas and through a hotel room window and down... Do they do the ambulance shot? Yeah. You know, to, it down was the definitely, like, very and, stylized and... But, but you know what? I'll tell you what. Going into this He's movie, kind of your jam, though, right? I, I love Boz yeah. Lerman. And going into this movie, I'm like... God, how is this going to work with an Elvis movie? I thought this is so weird, and I'm like, it kind of works. That I think that, he's probably yeah. the one that it would work with, right? That energy, that nonstop, that weird stylized, like yeah. I don't know. It, it got sneaking me in hip hop, 
yeah. for no reason. Right. Like Doja Cat. They, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was cool when they went to the, uh, it was in Memphis when he was going through like the black clubs and they were singing and they did the Doja Cat song. And Oh, yeah. I think, that, yeah. On Beale it? Street, I think. Okay, yeah, I because I he meets BB they King. bounce around, yeah, 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 and they're all in there. I thought it was cool with the you know anachronistic music. Well, and, that's the other thing is like they they got to get in you know their cameos, right? So you get BB King, you get Little Richard, mm-hmm. you get Fats Domino, you get. Uh, I thought Little Richard number was good. That Little Richard that that, that made dude, me go. We need a Little Richard movie because uh, that was maybe cool. that'd be I'd be all right with that. He's I'm sure his story's bonkers too. Yeah. But that dude was pretty good. I like, thought it was, was really pretty, that. Yeah. That stood out to me. But yeah. yeah, you get to see all the different musical artists and him growing up. But but it really is just it's Tom Parker recounting his story of how he met Elvis and they uh, his Elvis's parents were like didn't have that much money. The dad ended up going to jail for so, passing a bad check for fourteen dollars. Yeah, which back then was probably like yeah, fifty little, or hundred dollars. Yeah, no, yeah, but right, still. Right. Yeah, and he got three years jail time, and he only served, I think, nine months of it. But it caused them to, they didn't have any money, so they had to move into a black neighborhood, and it was this poor area. And so, but Elvis found influence from the music. Yeah, he had the, the country area. the country stuff, and then you had, like, the the church as well. It was mainly, like, the R&B. Like it was the R&B, you know. It was like a, ba- like a Baptist in the church uh, pop-up. Yeah. Re- yeah, like a tent revival. Like a tent revival, yeah. yeah. And he found this this sound, and he figured out, he combined it and uh i do like the scene where he's bouncing from place to place right he's looking at almost what i thought was like an outhouse but it must have just been like a shed i don't know where he's listening to a guy play um like jazz music. that's what i'm saying no it's like and then he'd run rhythm and blues yeah 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 rhythm and blues and then he'd run to the revival and he'd get you know overtaken by the the sound there and then and that was great the way they mashed it up again like lerman's just energetic supposedly there's a four-hour cut of this movie no there's not and i i would love to see it that would be this not movie, often i'm saying i'd watch a longer <laughs> version of a movie this was like almost three hours it was like yeah, two, and two and a half it flew by yeah I, it did I, there was a point in the movie where it's got to be halfway through the movie and i'm like well this story has a lot more to go so i'm like this movie's been going for a while and has a while and i haven't felt it at all like yeah. i was just into mm-hmm. it and realized that i realized how long we had been sitting there when we got to the christmas special yeah, I was like, dang! Like, there's still there's a lot more to this movie. Like, <laughs> speaking of things that are just completely, oh really? Great. Well, I mean, yeah, that was like, the- there's no way <laughs> that they had built sets and stuff, but they were like, oh, but we're not going to use them. Yeah, right, that's right, right. at that's, the end is like that's insane. That's yeah, pure insane. And was there a Christmas special? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but that's where you get the blue Christmas. Yeah. Part. Oh, okay, but okay. it wasn't really a Christmas special. Right. From my research and the little documentary things I saw, it, it was never designed to be a pure. Here's all the Christmas sets, and he's dressed up like Santa Claus. There was only one Christmas song, and he sang the Christmas song, and the rest of it was just other stuff. Like yeah. it. That whole thing is dramatized. Hippies did not come in and then just <laughs> decide to do something completely. But yeah. did he hook up with those two dudes? Then when I say did hook up, hook? I mean, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. did he like take them on as like you know his new business managers? I don't think so. From what I saw, that was the guy from Stranger Things. It was. He was yeah, good. Yeah, Billy was and good. Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think so. I'm not saying those people weren't involved to maybe try to help modernize his image or something, but because you do get that. You know that '68 comeback special with the black leather suit, right? Like that's, I mean, you yeah. know, where he's trying to like revamp his image and kind of show that, cool like, again. like, hey, I'm cool too, right? You know, because the thing was is that once the Beatles hit, it became very uncool for a rock band to not create their own product, mm. right? Like to 
like before oh, then to, to cover stuff you mean before then you basically you had people who wrote songs and people who sang songs i got you and so then the beatles did both and then after that then it was like well a real rock band mm. writes their own songs i got and you. so and so it so that kind of put elvis on the other side of that divide like in, I mean, I remember growing up. It was like, I mean, you could even kind of see it on oldies radio. It's like it stopped with the Beatles, and it really oldies radio stopped with the Beatles. Like they would play the Beatles like pre Revolver. Oh, like really? Once you hit, yeah. So they would play like Help and I Want to Hold Your Hand and all you know. But once you get to the once they once the Beatles discovered Acid, <laughs> like they stopped the oldies radio wouldn't didn't play it anymore. Okay. Now oldies is what Metallica. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, like, it, it is. is it's strange. <laughs> but I mean, but if you think about it, like it's weird that it's as old as it is. That's like, true. Because like oldies radio kind of started in the eighties, so I would have been like, it, I would have been a teenager. Yeah. But the stuff they were playing was all like twenty to twenty five years old. Yeah. K- mm-hmm. Or if the, you the were doing that now, like you'd be playing Maroon Two thousand. Yeah. That's, so weird. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, like so the oldies oldies was like fourteen thirty on the AM. Like if you want to go like old, like that's yeah. what that was. And then yeah. the the station here was one oh three point three and it was Clue one oh three. Yeah. It was all it was yeah, same stuff. It was the Beatles, it was like that kind of era. It's funny, I was talking to somebody over there the other day, this is only for local people will understand <laughs> this. And I referred to it as Clue and she was like, Actually it's it's K L O U is what we call it now. Uh-huh. And I was pulled out my Simpson reference where I was just like, Well, the hillbillies want to be called people of the land, but it's not going <laughs> to <it's not> happen. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty good. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's really, uh, I'm not going to say it's a paint by numbers, but it's like big spot, big spot, big spot in his career. They just jump through these different things and, you know. It's but in- they show you so much yeah. In, yeah. Those, in those kind of interstitial montages mm-hmm. as they're flowing. And there's so many different things yeah. going on the screen simultaneously that it doesn't fall into this rhythm of no. the and then biopic, no. which is sure. what, where it's just skipping from from anecdote to anecdote, even though when you zoom back and, and write it out, it's kind of exactly what it does, but it never feels it like that because well, of all the th- all, all the ways he dresses it up mm-hmm. in between. It's. I mean, yeah. And the length gives them time to show more, whereas yeah. other, you know, at other times you may see a film bouncing around quickly because it has to. They have to cut from thing to yeah, thing. Yeah, the and one that comes to mind for me is the James Brown biopic, yeah. where, oh, like, yeah. the performance is great, mm. but it's just like, remember the time this happened? Remember the time this happened? Remember <laughs> right. the time we saved Philadelphia? Remember the time this? And it's like, they're great anecdotes, but it's just a collection of anecdotes. Yeah. It doesn't feel, and that's I think... The way, that's the way Bohemian Rhapsody is. Yeah, and I, and I yeah. think adding Tom Parker... Mm-hmm. Like and doing it from that perspective gives it a cohesion, and like it was one of it's what made Straight Outta Compton so great. Oh yeah, like, and that's another one that they kind of uh, softened s- up a little they bit. Softened up a lot, no, not but, a little bit. They softened up a little. Yeah, yeah. But, but but there's a through line. There's an actual plot mm-hmm. instead of just and then and then and then. Yeah, so. makes it a lot more interesting. And you're right, the Tom Parker narrating the story and getting his perspective on it i think does make it really interesting and the time they spend in each like year or decade or whatever feels lived in where you i felt like i took in a lot of information about his life it wasn't just here's the time they played that stadium here's the you know whatever and so i really liked that part of it the relationship with priscilla like once he's in the army he meets her but then it flashes forward and they're getting married or whatever but i think i read that they were only married for four years and to me i felt like right 
I felt like I think were, that sounds about right. They, like so, like to me in the movie again doesn't have time to like really sit and and map that out for you. But you felt their whole relationship, yeah. but it was only four years. But if you think about it, the the, the that entire movie only covers like twenty years time, yeah. right? Like you know, and honestly, it it probably was really more like fifteen because mm-hmm. you oh, know because sure. the seventies get kind of glossed over a little so bit. It's crazy to think that as much impact as he had on on pop culture, he wasn't. He when was famous he, for he, that. Long. He was forty two when well, he that's, died. That's yeah. what I was saying. Like I was trying to, as I'm watching it, they're talking about like somebody slips him a uh, uh, like a death threat, and it's got mm-hmm. the zodiac symbol. And I was like, good lord, like that was. You know the '60s, and then they're talking about Manson. I'm like, well, that's the '70s. Like, so it's 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 crazy to look at his career and like what was going on in the world. It it wouldn't be crazy for Elvis to still be alive today. No, like, I mean, like, not. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Like, oh, what if Elvis is? I mean, like, <laughs> like if, Priscilla's if, alive. If that hadn't happened, yeah, it, it he'd be 87. Yeah, he'd be 86. He'd be 87 next month. But he's but to us, it feels like he's been dead forever. But it's right. like he died really young. <laughs> yeah, forty two. He, he really, I'm forty. That's what like, I'm that's saying. Too, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's great. I said the same thing to Ryan. We saw the movie, and I'm like, he was only six or seven years older than me when he yeah, died. I'm like, ten years younger than me. That's yeah. cr- are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'll be fifty two next this Holy in September. Sh- wow. But but you know Ryan said something like he's like that was younger. We were talking about how young he was, and I'm like, yeah, because I'm like that was only six or seven years. Older than me, I'm like I'm not planning on going out there early. Yeah, like, no that kidding. is really young, and but look at what he accomplished. So to us, it feels like he's this mythical figure. I mean, he was, yeah. but in this short period of time, to us, it kind of feels like, well, yeah, he always was around. He was famous for so long, but man, it it's because he stayed famous. Yeah, after well, he I was going to say, like, and when, Tom Parker, yeah. to his credit again. Uh, well, and you can disagree with the business dealings or whatever, but who knows? Without him, what would have happened? But apparently, at Elvis's funeral. He had the dad sign a contract over about ah. here's the percentages and we're going to keep Elvis alive and keep you know promoting his music and you know telling radio stations and stuff like prepare for a surge in popularity as happens when these yeah. big sl- that's like he was why, that's, very that's why but, these guys now guys and gals now have stuff you've never heard because when unfortunately they do mm-hmm. pass away you know they're going to have you know the, the, it's the Prince story right right where the gal All was the like albums that are yeah he's like he's got music videos mm-hmm. and albums and like much whole, Tupac stuff yeah know. exactly they're like you've never even seen but I think Tom Parker in that deal, and again, he's doing all the business stuff, whatever, but you know, the family got like 22% and then other investors and business people got 225 or whatever. And Tom Parker got 50% to promote yeah. him after he died. So he was always doing that kind of stuff. But again, you have to ask who else would have been doing it? Yeah. Would it have made as much money? You know, 22% of a hundred million dollars is more than a hundred percent of $5 million. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's and, but also relative. it's like the idea of an artist getting more popular after they died. That's a new concept, mm-hmm. right? Oh really? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, th- think about artists that died in the fifties and sixties. I mean, sure. yeah. you know, like, did that happen to Buddy Holly? Did that happen to the Big Bopper? Did right. that happen to Bobby Darren? No. I mean, are are they still around? Are they? But but people didn't really start doing that with them until they saw that it could be a thing. Right. And Tom you know? Parker invented that. I'm not saying he was the first, but he was one of the biggest and earliest to do yeah. it. And so that's what I mean. I'm not like in some kind of fan club. I'm just no, saying no, I'm trying I, to look at it from two sides and say. 
you know he was it, a scumbag, but he did what he right, needed to he do. He did some things that were bad, but he also did some things that were good and maybe wholly responsible or majority responsible for the Elvis we know today. And especially when the family like Priscilla is like he was a great person, he took care of us. It makes me feel better and say, like, wait a minute, maybe he wasn't a complete villain. He did questionable things, right. but also he did good it, things. I think it's and, I think it's easy to vilify a record promoter yeah, it is. now. Because of what we've seen, yeah, right? Yeah. The, the Kesha thing, mm, Taylor Swift, uh, Taylor Swift yeah. like all of that stuff. Totally. It's totally easy. And I think a lot of them are heads, right? Like the that I think there's a lot of them out there that will sure, latch onto a star and will drain that star yeah. until that star has nothing left. You'll be left famous. And, we'll get 100%, but, but we'll make you a star. Yeah, right. that's kind of the thing. Yeah. So, I, so I think it's easy in 2022 to make him the bad guy, but at the same time, and he is the bad guy, like in this movie. I I think that I I interpret it as, but I also agree with what you're yeah. saying is that he did what he had to do to keep Elvis, Elvis. Because like Tom said, back then there wasn't anything to work with. Tom Parker had to invent how to do all this stuff. Yeah, and so like that is worth something. I'm sorry, yeah. it is. And I'm not saying that all the decisions should he keep working when he's almost dead, give him some drugs. Like if that really happened, obviously that's horrible and you know there were questionable things but talking about going to the beginning it's like I will, I will say every time they said Dr. Nick I was like hi Dr. Nick <laughs> <laughs> hi everybody uh, <laughs> so again bad questionable things happening but you know I think good things too and it's really easy for us to want to have a villain especially in movies right There's who's the bad guy right. who's looking for the villain and right. so um, I think it's just important to look at both sides that's yeah. all it's no, a little, I, I it's, don't disagree with that yeah, yeah and I think I think for as much as much as 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 much as is thrown at you in this movie, mm-hmm. I think that that relationship is pretty nuanced. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know? sure, yeah. That, I think that's a testament to Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. Like yeah. they're they're both. I I agree that he is really good when he's given something to do. I yeah. just wish we had more insight into who Elvis was. Yeah, like, that's kind of where I was at. I, I agree, never yeah. really felt like I was seeing. He loved his what he, he thought. loved his mom. Yeah, and he loved you know he yeah. loved Priscilla. It was all loved, pretty surface. Yeah. But you know what's interesting is that almost for his life i think that's kind of like what how he was you kind of used in that way yeah so it's interesting that we never really got to see that because no one really did like he was he bounced around he performed and then he was told where to go and show up and he yeah. did what it, what he wanted to do in his off time with his friends and family and affairs and things but i mean really the elvis that that was a person like the world never really got to see that and maybe maybe i gotta tell you maybe elvis didn't know who he was anymore you know, yeah, like I think yeah. once you reach that level, you know. Again, I, I'm only referring to Prince because we've had stories about Prince that were with from Kevin Smith, where he's just like, I don't think he was being a dog. He just had no concept yeah. of like what was reality when he says like I want a camel. Yeah, and they're just that like it's seem unreasonable to him. <laughs> no, not to him, but like to a normal person, you're like it's 3 a.m. in Minnesota. Yeah, and you're asking for a camel. Yeah. Not going to happen. Right. Like I think the other thing to keep in mind, too, is the idea of someone having this level of fame was pretty new. Yeah. Sure, sure. You know, and mean, he's making money hand over fist, The too. technology didn't Spending. exist. Yeah. Really, the only way to be that well-known was politics, right? If you became oh, president sure. or something. But, but beyond that, you know, like... The idea of being a famous movie or TV star, you know, it's 50, what, 6, 57 when he really breaks on the scene. That concept had really only been around for about 30 years. Oh, okay. okay. You know? That's like, another thing. Like, yeah, so he lived. He, he electronic was medium was pretty new. I mean, most houses still didn't have TVs yet. Look like at a roll. What's that? So look at a roll. 
We have yeah. two TVs. Nobody yeah. has two TVs. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I mean, like you, you know, like you didn't really have the electronic media in the same yeah. way. You had radio, sure, and you had movies, but that you know, but that was it. And so now you're, you know, and he was kind of harnessing that new medium of of television in a way that that music artists hadn't really cracked yet. Right. And then the Beatles would bust it wide open. The Beatles like, we got it. Yeah. And then the Monkees. Sure. I mean. No, I guess that TV show. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Totally, totally. You know. I mean, they don't get the credit for it in the same yeah. way. And obviously, I'm biased. But <laughs> but I feel like I'm biased because I see that. Right. You know, I see what, what, that, what they achieve there. Yeah. I do like that line from Hank Snow and like the... The gal throws her underwear up on the stage, and he goes, "Is that a pair of women's undergarments?" <laughs> and Tom he won't Parker's be doing like, that to any yeah. of my songs. And Tom Parker's like, "I believe it is." Well, yeah, <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, he won't be doing that to any of my songs." And he's like, "Parker's You're probably like, right. he's like, he's like, you're right." And then, see ya. <laughs> we won't be with you anymore. Um, one of the things that the movie does kind of gloss over, they show it. Like to their credit, it is in there if you're looking for it or paying enough attention. But. It has been estimated from, again, my research oh. that Elvis made some, some people think Elvis in his career of this even 20, 30 years or whatever, brought in something like a billion dollars, which is just insane. Yeah. When he died, his estate had $7 million. That's not Tom Parker's fault. And so I think, again, what you have to look at, and they show it in this movie a little bit, but they don't focus on it as much as maybe they should. He spent money yeah. like it was going out of style. Because he was like, it mean, it's he's like Johnny Depp, right? Sure. Johnny Depp's like, well, they're easy. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Depp was was literally like, call up Disney, let's make another, <laughs> let's make another Pirates movie. I'm 40 out of money. million. And like Elvis could do the same thing. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's probably pretty weird to be in a spot when it, where you're just like, well, money has no value. Yeah, I want right. to do this. It like, just make it happen. Yeah, you, I'll just you, go reach, you reach do, a point of like wealth. Yeah, where you're just like, what do I got to do? Another stupid pirates movie? Yeah, all right. A TV show, a movie, whatever. A, a, three weeks in Vegas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. So in the movie, you see he has this entire entourage. He has his childhood friends that are with him throughout the whole movie, his whole life. They're on payroll. They're out there. They want to buy four wheelers and buy cars and fireworks and whatever they want to do. They just do it. And at some point in the movie, someone, whether it's his dad. Or, or Parker, someone tells him like you're out of money. You're spending it. I think it's I think it's his dad because Parker, when he says he's leaving Parker, he gives yeah. him like a like a did like a line by line. Oh yeah, like bill. And you're like we're at negative eight million dollars. Yeah, you like, spent it all. And so even though Tom Parker took fifty percent, which is unheard of for a manager, but again, I'd argue he's more than just a manager. But he took fifty percent. But if Elvis made a billion, or even if he made a hundred, two hundred million, it doesn't matter. Like Elvis still got a hundred million of that. Yeah. And he died with seven. So someone was spending Elvis's money. Yeah. I would also say, in defense of Colonel Tom Parker, that managers typically take ten or fifteen percent, mm. but they also typically have multiple clients. Bingo. Right. Like he was like, His I'm going to take more, Elvis. but you're going to be my only. Yeah. Client, right? I think he was a business partner. Yeah. He wasn't a manager. So it, they were business partners. Yeah. So that's it, interesting. Really. So does Lisa Marie have any rights to Michael Jackson and her dad? I don't think so because they, they, got didn't, have, they didn't have a kid, right? Because did they? I don't think mm, so. I don't. But they got divorced. You know, like long before he died. So I, right? I can't. You know, that'd be like asking, does Dawn have any rights to my likeness? Well, I just, yeah. I just think oh, that'd be yeah, a red flag. Uh, if for more than one reason, yeah, yeah. I don't think. But she I has think, anything. like, I think of like Courtney Love, right? Like, she has. She they married were married. To him they were still married. Oh, when he when died, he died. Yeah. yeah, I got. Yeah, he I just was. In, they were married and got divorced, and they. Okay. There's no, yeah, connection there. The family would inherit, you know, or whoever's in his will. 
like sure. kids. I'm sure she or, gets a percentage though, right? Like they got married in L.A. I'm sure they've got some dumbass. Oh, I don't like know. marriage laws. Yeah, I I don't know on that one. But as far as for Elvis, I mean, you know the the Presley estate. I mean, Priscilla's still alive, and yeah. then I'm sure his daughter Lisa Marie, you know, is at the Who top looks of that. Like I talk about Courtney Love, but like Francis Bean looks just like her dad, and so does Lisa Marie. And it is eerie how similar she looks. Well, did to... you see? Uh, unfortunately, he's passed away. But did you see what his grandson looked like? No. Uh, Wait, the grandson passed away? Yeah. He oh, dang. Suicide. Yeah. Ah. Um, but uh, I think the pressure of he was in music, and oh. I think the pressure of you know walking no, in his footsteps, you. like you know, no way. And he looked a lot like Elvis, and so I think okay. he was constantly being compared to him. But Riley Keough, his name. Oh God, it, maybe you can look it up. It's. it's Ben Keough. I, I can't remember what his name is, but um, he passed away a couple years ago. But Riley Keough is an actor. She was in. Uh, oh, uh, she was in Mad Max Fury Road as yeah. one of the one of the bad guys. Uh, She's Morton his granddaughter. Joe's. Yeah, and she she was in Zola. Was yeah as the. Did you see Zola? No. Okay, so Zola. I, mean, I know what it is, but there's the story. Zola is like the main character, and then the one that takes her on this crazy ride, the blonde. She's that's Riley Keough. That's Elvis's granddaughter. Interesting. Um, okay, that's yeah. a good movie. Zola. Zola. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll check it out. Benjamin Keough. Benjamin. Yeah, Ben. So I. Yeah. So he, unfortunately, he passed away, but he was kind of the spitting image and uh, and talented. But yeah, the pressure of oh, that's unnerving. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely see. Yeah, it. for so, sure. Very, very sad there, but. She's a really good actor and, you know, still doing stuff. I, I think you're going to see a lot more from her talented family for sure. But so, yeah, I would think that, you know, Priscilla and Lisa Marie are at the you know top of that. Sure. And all his family. But that's because they're kids. And yeah, she, Lisa Marie's getting all that uh, naked gun or yeah, naked gun money. <laughs> naked gun. <laughs> they just have to do the edits where they take out O.J. Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame because that's a great gif. Of them all slapping their heads at the same time, yeah. But he's in the GIF, like it's yeah, it's weird. I mean, I I love those movies and I grew up with them, and so you know, the more and more that have you ever seen the TV show? Yeah, Police Squad. Oh my god, so good. Police Squad. Yeah, Police Squad. Some, but I have so much better. Yeah, is it really? Oh my god. If you if you if you like Naked Gun, you will love Police Squad. Okay, I need to check. I've seen. You can pick it up on DVD for like seven or eight bucks. Yeah, it's there's only six episodes. Yeah, I was like, it's only one season. Yeah, I thought. Austin Butler's performance was really good. I thought he sounded like him. Is it, he singing? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, then yeah, more power to him. I saw an interview though where, where Baz Luhrmann says he sings young Elvis. And I'm like, is he not singing the older stuff? Well. The, like the later era stuff? But we don't see the later. We don't well, see later era chubby Elvis until the last yeah. Yeah. five minutes. But, and it, that's, but you get stuff on stage with him. Yeah, yeah but he's and not I wouldn't the, consider 68 young Elvis. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to look. He's still fit and trim. I did think that was weird that I was like, when do we get to fat Elvis? Oh, but he's going to, we're going to shoot it from behind and have a guy in a bodysuit. That's what we're going to do. Austin Butler was in makeup and I thought did a phenomenal job that, that heartbreaking final performance I thought was really good. He looked just like him. He sounded like him. I I do like that. They intertwine it with Elvis like that. And it's, and at the end, how you much see, he looks like him. At the end, they do the com- they do the same shots they recreate throughout the movie, and it's right. like God, they did such a good job yeah. with all the outfits and on stage with the the capes and everything. And that's great. And, and then yeah, that heartbreaking final performance. And uh, I thought Austin I didn't Bond realize that he great. was going to be in A Star Is Born. And then it sounds like Colonel Parker mucked that up. He wanted top billing, is what I read over Barbara Streisand. Yeah, and they wouldn't give it to him. So that's Shocking. Like Chris Christopher. <laughs> well, I mean, it. he's a bigger star than her. Not on the and, screen, yeah. So it's like right, it's a tough right. call, yeah, but so that's apparently yeah. why he lost out. That's what I at least read. I do like that line where he's just like Barbara Diggin along with the Colonel. 
And then that's kind of like well, as far as it goes. Yeah. Elvis wanted to break out from doing all those silly movies. He wanted and, to be a serious actor. And yeah, and he just wouldn't. Parker wouldn't. Well, they say, and he says that like he could have been Brando. Like there, so he yeah. was as. I guess there's one that they reference like in the very beginning when he starts acting. They're like he's as good as Brando, yeah. which is a pretty bold statement. Yeah, like but, yeah, you know, I don't know about, about that, but yeah. but still, yeah, like, I do he think, def- he, was I think held he has back. the. Tom Parker wanted to sell records and pop songs and things and so he concentrated on the movies and they do a good job in the movie of showing like they started doing them faster and with less budget they were just churning them out out. to to try to you know business model wise so they got more money in the short term but it didn't make him a movie star like he could have been like a respected when did he start to become I guess he never stopped being popular huh um, like when did that star fart start to fart <laughs> start to fall? Well, I, I feel like with the Beatles, like I, okay, I feel sure, like sure, that's sure. there's this cultural shift, and then I think there's also a lot of backlash against Elvis because of who his fans are, right? Like mm. you know his his fans tend to be poor and rural, and you know what I mean. And so right. it was like it, you know it reminds me in a lot of ways of like CBS sitcoms in the late '60s. It's like you know they had. Uh, Beverly Hillbillies and the Green Acres and Andy I Griffith and like they were really popular, but they weren't cool. I gotcha. And so Elvis reached, you know, he starts off cool and then at some point, you know, he becomes he's popular, but he's not quote unquote cool. Yeah. And, you know, he made 46 movies. That's crazy. I mean, right. That's and how many of those have you seen? No, I mean. I've he, never seen an Elvis. No, I've never right? seen an Elvis. So there's 46 of them. In is it blue we're movie people? In is it yeah. Blue Hawaii? That's a, that's the big one, right? Viva Las uh, Vegas. Las Vegas. Vegas. With Anne Margaret. Jail, what's Jail Jailhouse Rock? Jailhouse Rock. Uh, yeah, like I mean, a lot of just song titles. Love yeah. the Tinder. <laughs> right. Like it's you know. But yeah, I mean, as movie people, none of us have because they're not them, considered good movies. They're not yeah. right. So you know, if you love Elvis, you're going to watch his movies. But it, as movie people, he never broke out into that. You know, oh, there's this great movie with Elvis. Right. Like, I'd be interested to see if he had done A Star Is Born. What yeah. Happens? What would that have done? What would that have yeah. done? Like, does that does is that the one? Is that the one that like? I think Tom Parker I've, knew too that he would lose his yeah. grasp if he became a big movie star. There would be other influences of, of Hollywood where he could not right. keep him from. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it's it's a really good movie. It's a, and I recommend seeing it on the big screen. Like yeah. It's it's definitely worth your time. As Lerman's visuals, like I said, work really well for it. Yeah. Did not expect it. I thought this is going to be a mess. And somehow they told the story in a way that kept it interesting, mm-hmm. kept it moving, and were very visually interesting to watch. They didn't overshadow no. the story or yeah, the I performances. And I hope we get that four-hour cut. Yeah, I hope they do like a, a director's the ba- cut. The Boz Lerman cut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, I would in black and white in in four by three. Yeah, not they just call that director's cut. <laughs> right. They didn't yeah. have to call it the the name of the person. <laughs> so uh, it's anyway, not like he has any hubris or anything uh, from the person that we're re- referring to. Yeah. So anyway, I guess uh, that's it for this one. Let's uh, go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts B U T T S twenty one. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R Bracket and listen to the Games We Love podcast. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers. So there's a uh, Superman, Brian Spath, friend of the show and friend of me. Is that movie boyfriend? Movie boyfriend, Brian okay. Spath. We do a recast of Superman. We have a little. Oh, okay. He gives a, a fun episode. Yeah, it was fun. I yeah. like hearing about the Kevin Smith 
for his script who he actually would have chosen. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's on there. Yeah. Have to listen to find out. Yeah. Check it out. So uh, anyway, that's it for this one. I forgot to pull a spoiler. So whoops. Elvis uh, dies. So <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.